Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, guys. It is 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We are on time. Actually, no, not one minute late, not two minutes late. We're here at 6, and it is the final building the Broncos before we know how the Broncos are going to be built through the NFL draft for the 2022 NFL draft. And if it's Tuesday night, building the Broncos, that means it's Nick and Carl. Carl, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. I'm good, man. You know, this is always uh, a big week, obviously, that we love beyond anything else. And, uh, And I always love it. It always falls on my birthday. So mm-hmm. Friday is actually my birthday, so oh, I get to spend it with all you great people. I can think of no no greater way to spend my birthday, and my wife's birthday is actually on Wednesday, so mm-hmm. got to get partied out on Wednesday, get ready for the draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be a, a great week, man. Well, awesome. Happy early birthday to you turning uh, 31 again, 32. How Something does that like work? That. It doesn't yeah. matter for guy, what guy In that general cares. area of yeah. age. For sure. Well, man, really excited to have you guys and you're excited for this upcoming week. Obviously, a lot of content coming your your guys' way. I've written like 11 articles in the last seven days. So sorry, Chad. Um, Most of them 2000 words. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm I'm a fiend. Did you ever listen to Hamilton? Is that your that uh, was that your cup of tea? The music Hamilton. Very popular. Hamilton. You know, he's like writing the essay. Alexander Hamilton wrote 2000. That's that's been me this week. Just writing articles like crazy, but having fun with it. Let's say talking about having some fun. Let's say hello to everybody in the house today. James Hyatt's in here. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Broncos country. Good to see you, James. Dylan Von Arks is in the house, of course. Sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe on YouTube or Facebook if you haven't done so already. We also got Paul coming in. Paul's an OG. Uh, I got a good laugh saying Paul said, I knew Nick and Carl before they were famous. Uh, <laughs> your threshold for fame is different than mine, but uh-huh. I'm not chasing fame. That's, you know, I'm just having, here to have a good time. Um, Paul says, I was let out of my padded cell just in time to listen to Nick and Carl, greatest guys ever. Let's ride. Good evening, Scott and Broncos country. Getting closer to the big weekend. So excited. And uh, Mike S is also in the house. What's up, Broncos country? Looking forward to the show tonight. So are we. It should be fun. Jason O'Neill saying, what's up, guys? I'm watching it snow here in northern Michigan. Uh, but watching today's pressers and workouts warms the soul. Well, good to hear that, Jason. I actually saw that um, the NOAA is predicting right now we actually have a 50% chance to have a third year in a row of a La Nina winter, which is, I guess, good and bad. I don't know how much weather nerdy you guys are out there, but uh, that's colder and wetter up here in Seattle, which kind of is a bummer, but also maybe means less wildfire. So we'll take what we can get. Um, Paul also coming in and saying, is Hackett going to be the running back too? Did you see this in the, uh, uh-huh. go ahead, what, lay it out here for the listeners. Cause this is obviously an audio format as much as it is visual. Right. So yeah, he decided the running backs were off doing another drill and he decided that he needed to have Russell Wilson, have somebody to hand off to. And so of course, Nathaniel Hackett being Nathaniel Hackett, he got back mm-hmm. there in that running back position and boom, taking carries. Yeah. Getting down the field looking like a good running back out there. So, you know, I guess they got their emergency running back if they need one on the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
not the body build of you think of a running back, uh, maybe a little bit over the age threshold too there with Hackett, but uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. It's funny to have him out there. A lot of energy. Um, also, yep. Jason says, don't forget to click the thumbs up. We, I only see uh, four on the Facebook side of things. So make sure you guys are clicking the reaction when you're coming in there on YouTube as well. We'd appreciate it. William coming in saying this weather is nuts in the Midwest. Yeah. I've, I've heard windy, hot, cold, everything in between thunderstorms, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Good luck to you guys. Um, it got cold here in a hurry, and the next few days are back in the 70s. It's going to be under 34 tonight. Midwest in April, right? That's that's how it is. Um, we also got Kathy Lund coming in saying, uh, good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you, Kathy. And, of course, Jason Fitz, good, good evening. Or good, everyone. Good, everyone, indeed. Uh, everyone is good. Good day, he says here. Uh, young hog coming in. Hello. Hello. We got Greg Smith. Aloha, Greg Smith. Uh, Luke saying Nick looking fresh. I think Nick's looking fresh just cause he didn't put on a hat. Uh, <laughs> I got full, I got a full head of hair. I just, uh, I could put it on. I just thought, actually, you know what? I thought the hair was actually looking okay. So I let it out there, letting it breathe. You know, if you got it, flaunt it. Um, we got uh, Kenneth Patterson also coming in saying, make sure you guys like it on the way in. Scott Dillon in the house. What's up guys. You doing a live draft. So yes, we are going to be going live on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, throughout the whole show. Uh, make sure you guys are checking in on our YouTube. There should be a, what do you call it? Like a promotion or something when you can see that when we're scheduled to go live. I think we're going to go live half an hour before round one kicks off. So expect us then, but we're definitely going to be live to cover the whole thing. So that should be a lot of fun. And uh, we got a draft take here coming in from WolfSky9. Uh, Carl, go ahead and take this one. It says, uh, take McCreary. If he's there, I see another big cornerback who can seriously play. I'm not sure I'd call him big. Yeah. And especially with his arm length, uh, you, you can talk about that more than I can of, of being at 0% compared to everybody else. But he plays bigger than he looks. That's the big thing with him. You know, he's not afraid to, to get scrappy with players. He's not afraid to, to lower his helmet when needed to to, to make a big hit. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I love the guy. I love the way that he plays. I think he'd be a great fit with this defense. Uh, I, I kind of view him more as an inside slot guy. And I think you would probably still want to take somebody else for more of the outside. And But I, I don't mind them doubling up at cornerback in this draft. It, it's no. a decent cornerback draft, especially there in the middle rounds. And I really want to keep the Broncos secondary as strong as possible. So, yeah. like I said, I, I don't mind McCreary if he's there at 64. Uh, in our little roundtable mock draft that we had on Sunday, I was one that was advocating take him at 64. Nobody else agreed with me, but hey, uh, I'll I'll be the lone wolf on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a good player. I don't know if he's great value at 64, uh, given I don't think he is. He is small, and also he's not a dynamic athlete. And at the cornerback position, being small and not a dynamic athlete doesn't lend itself to a good player typically. Now, you can bet on him being an outlier, but... You don't want to bet on too many outliers because that's how you end up going broke. Uh, so we have we do have McCreary's arm length and his wingspan. Uh, his wingspan, hey, first percentile in red is instead of zero. So congrats Ooh. to him on that one. Arm length under 29 inches uh, at the zeroth percentile. And I don't think there's been a single cornerback who has been an all pro with sub 31 inch arm length over the last decade, uh, let alone <laughs> sub 29. There's only been three cornerbacks out of since 1999 measured with sub 29 inch arm length out of like 760 or something. So he's, he's an outlier, a uh, very good player. Good tape there. A uh, couple years ago, it was the Justin Jefferson and Jamar uh, chase, like baptized him and beat the absolute hell out of Roger McCurry. He was, he's learned and taken lumps and gotten better over time, but he does have some pretty rough tape out there as well. 
I probably wouldn't take him at 64, uh, 75, definitely 96 range. I'm in, but 64, I need a little bit more traits to hang my hat on. Uh, you know me, I'm a measurable guy. Trust the tape, trust the traits, uh, and the metrics as well. Uh, Brian Greenfield coming in here, $10. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, we appreciate you kicking us off and you guys be like Brian, make sure you are getting the super chats, uh, superstars in. So that way you guys have a chance to win your, uh, when your choice of a jersey and we have the top five from april 1st maybe uh, scott can find a ticker there to put on the bottom we had a talk from the boss man saying make sure you guys got the ticker going so uh doing it now because i don't ever remember <laughs> uh, we have uh kenneth also coming in saying lucky to be around 80 here in miami because it's 90s Ugh, that's that's too hot see I'm, I'm really picky about my weather i need it to be like 50 to 70 partially sunny that's perfect anything around that i'm, I'm uncomfortable dom coming in saying good evening nick and scott and carol in broncos country it. Yeah, call me Carol. Call me whatever you want. Uh, Carl. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my boy Nick, uh, do you guys see Coach Nate mic'd up? Uh, hope you guys, Nathaniel Hackett, obviously. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday night. Thank you so much. It is better now since Dom joined us. Uh, yeah, Carl, go ahead. This is the topic you want to talk about. Have you seen Nathaniel Hackett mic'd up, and what were your thoughts? I saw a little bit of some of the clips, and yeah, it's easy to see. This guy is very hyped up at what he's doing right now. Yeah. Um, and he just he's just a big kid in a, he just made it to Disney world. You see the big eyes lighting up and just all the new toys and rides and everything else. And, and uh, so I, I hope that energy continues and I hope obviously the rest of the team kind of catches it. It's kind of nice. I think for the rest of the team as well, Fangio was kind of all business all the time. Didn't want to smile hardly ever. And that can wear on you as well. I, I think, I think Hackett's way, at least right now, it's good for the team. They needed this. They needed that little bump in energy, get everybody excited. Uh, we'll, we'll see once the season starts, you know, if they lose a couple games, is that energy going to be something that annoys people? I, I don't know quite yet, but, uh, but right now I, I love the guy. Uh, he's going to make some great interviews if nothing else. Yeah. And uh, he's going to have some really good sound bites along the way. Yeah. Aloha. Aloha to Greg Smith. Awesome to see. Oh man, it's getting real dark here. All of a sudden might have a storm coming through. Uh, Kevin Gray saying my bro lives in Arizona. Someone gave me him a blue LA Jersey. He's mailing it to me. So cool. Let's ride. That's awesome to hear. They'll recognize this name. Alex coming in saying it's almost 91 in Vegas waiting for day two <laughs> since we don't draft in the first round. And make sure you guys are reaching out to Chad and Zach who are going to be live in, uh, I guess, in person in Vegas to cover the draft and meet you guys as a fan greet for everybody traveling to Vegas for the show. Uh, we got Slim Slow coming in here, rocking the old school Denver Bronco hat. Love it. Beautiful hat. Uh, how much do you want for it? No. Um, Slim Slow saying Nick and Carl pick 64, a David Ajabo from Michigan, Torres ACL, or Boye Mafe, edge rusher from Minnesota. Carl, what do you think? Uh, this is an easy one for me. Mafe. A couple different reasons. <clears throat> I like the tape. I like the size that he brings to the table. He's not injured. You know, when you think about Randy Gregory, still, he's injured right now. He's recovering yeah. from surgery. Uh, you got Chubb on the other side who hasn't been healthy here for a couple years. Do I really want to add another guy, a Jabo that is coming off an Achilles? It's probably going to miss at least half the season. No, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I love a Jabo before the injury. You know, one of those guys when we had a top 10 pick, I, I remember I think you and, and Scott did uh, a mock draft on Brock, uh, Broncos for breakfast or whatever. And, and I think you guys took him mm -hmm. at one point. And so, I mean, it just shows he's a great talent. I just want more right now. And Mafe offers that. Yeah. Uh, it'd be probably unrealistic that either fall to 64. I guess, David Ajabo, you have a slight chance because of the Achilles. If he does fall, though, that makes me wonder about the long-term projection 
of that Achilles makes me a little bit worried. Ojabo is also a little bit of a one-trick pony right now. All you have to do is go watch the Georgia game, Georgia-Michigan college football championship game, and see that Georgia targeted Boye Mafe in the run game to the point where Michigan was taking Ojabo off the field because he was so detrimental as a run-stopping player. So not only is he a year away, uh, be- probably because of the Achilles, maybe even, you know, what is he coming in December, uh, that kind of thing, but also he's not a three down player day one either, which is okay. That could maybe put him there at 64, but that's something to think about with him. Uh, we got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, what's up guys. Let's get these stars going. Uh, thank you so much, Lawrence. Thank you for getting the stars going for us. We appreciate you. And the stars are going to be out on Thursday. I'm not talking about you guys, although we do appreciate that. Hopefully they come too. but, uh, the NFL draft in general, we're going to be covering here. Scott and I are going to be hosting Eric will be on. And obviously Chad and Zach won't be there, but we are going to be live throughout almost the entire event. And uh, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So thank you so much, Lawrence, for kicking us off here, for supporting Carl and I on Tuesday night, building the Broncos. We, we have a little bit of internal competition. You know, it's like bragging rights of whoever shows can like, you know, get the most engagement, uh, most stars, varying stars from different people as, as well. So uh, appreciate you uh, putting one in the bucket here for uh, building the Broncos. Our Powell coming in. Nick, Carl, Scott, and Broncos country. Good evening. Good evening to you, R. Powell. I have a crazy idea. Okay. I'm buckled up. Uh, sit down, Carl. Uh, mm. Let's get Mooma and Anderson in the first two picks. Oh, man. It got off the rails so quickly here. Linebacker. <laughs> no, Anderson can play defensive back, and it is a long season. He can fill in anywhere. Wow. Now, yet I know he's a really good athlete, uh, but Troy Anderson as a defensive back is something I have not heard. Uh, I guess you could maybe play him as some overhang safety looks. Oh, that's kind of like you're talking about another athletic specimen at the linebacker position in this class and Brandon Smith from Penn State. And he actually went from overhang starbacker uh, safety type of like, uh, God, what's the word? There's another name for that type of linebacker escaping me right now um, to playing in the boxes here. Not very good in the box for Brandon Smith, but I think it's more like you see Troy Anderson instead of becoming a defensive back. He becomes more of a like a stand-up edge rusher with that athleticism. Athletic traits at the linebacker position, they translate more to rushing the passer than any other skill set the linebackers. The linebackers who have been taken early that have been athletic dynamos that have hit the last few seasons, Devin White and Micah, Pi- Micah Parsons, they're not really coverage guys. You know, despite the length and the size, where they get their value from their athleticism and size is rushing the passer. Right. Anderson, that's a little bit more of a projection with him than even those two guys, but I think that's where you'd probably get that extra value. Uh, those are both such good players that I'm not going to fight you too hard for 64 and 75 Anderson and Muma, but uh, I would be a little bit shrugging uh, if that was the first two picks for the Broncos, maybe a little crazy. What do you think, Scott? Uh, what do you think, Carl? <laughs> well, I, I think Carol. one, this would be a sign that you are planning on Browning being an edge player, mm-hmm. like pretty much almost exclusively Yeah, because you don't take two guys that can play that linebacker position. And then, I mean, especially when how much they're going to be playing dime. That's the other big thing is, you know, everyone's coming from a system where linebacker was very devalued. You needed one good linebacker, another maybe average linebacker, and you're good. Yeah. You know, you like to have a little more depth, especially for special teams, that kind of thing. But for the most part, it wasn't a very valued position. So taking two of them right off the bat, I feel like you're you're really, again, projecting what you're going to do with Browning. Uh, I, I like the two players. And yeah, Anderson, it's nice that at least he has versatility to play a lot of different ideas and, in, and in positions theory. and in the theory. NFL. Yes. Yeah. You know, but I think sometimes that that can almost be detrimental in the NFL. I, I kind of like guys that are more kind of, Hey, I'm really good at this one position. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I'd be a little leery about moving him around as much as, as 
you're talking about here of playing defense back, linebacker, edge, running back, quarterback. No, I'm, I'm getting a little far there. But, you know, you might as well, if you're going to go that way, draft Marcus Jones, put him at wide receiver and cornerback and returner. And, uh, you know, I, I do like that. I mean, I'm not completely against some of that, but it, it just uh, you're maybe getting a little bit crazy with some of that thought process. But I, like I said, I like the players. So, yeah. like you said, maybe I wouldn't push back too hard. It just would maybe be making me go, okay, how are we using our resources here? I mean, it's really, it's like we were on the the round table mock draft. Can you go back to the regular board and let me see it again? Every time, I just want to know who's there, <laughs> right? So at 64 and 75, there's a reality where those are the best two picks, but uh, I need to see what's available. Uh, Kenneth coming in saying, what's up? What's up, fellas? Did you see Hackett's comments on KJ Hamler? I think KJ is going to turn some heads this season. I think that KJ Hamler is going to be an awesome fit for this team. I mean, it's unbelievable. There there was one time we had a RVA and he ran a out route over there. And I, I just kind of nodded my head saying, wow. I mean, that's just, just great to see, you know, I mean, all all the guys, you know, anybody, everybody's working so hard. They all want to be out on the field and, you know, you appreciate that as a coach. They want to contribute to the team. Our our doctors, our trainers are amazing here and, you know, I trust them and and it's about doing it the right way. You know, we don't want to rush it too fast. We want to do what's right for him. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's about just kind of that process and making sure we don't push it too hard. We do, we're pushing it enough and just make sure he does all the right things to get out there when he can. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I've said from the very beginning, bringing in Russell Wilson, bringing in and Hackett, I think the two players that benefit the most from this move, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler. Hmm. Both of them with their ability to get down the field and make catches. K.J. Hamler with that speed you can do a lot of different things with them in this offense. And if he does get healthy, watch out. This offense becomes so much more dynamic than, uh, than without him. I mean, we saw it earlier this last season with him on the field Broncos actually looked like a pretty decent offense. I mean, not great, but at least serviceable. Mm-hmm. Once he got hurt, that whole offense just took a nosedive. And yeah. uh, so again, that dynamic ability is just amazing. And just seeing those videos of him, you know, out there running some routes at this point after having his ACL tear, it does make you think, hey, there's a good chance he's going to be ready for the season. I, I had doubts because when they say ACL and more, especially for speed guys, mm-hmm. usually takes a while to, to kind of get their feet back under them and trust their legs to, to make some of those cuts and, uh, and and trust that speed. But right now, like I said, I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed with where he's at. Yeah, and the other thing about KJ Hamler, and Scott makes a good point in the comments here saying the competition got a lot harder too. Uh, week three, playing the Giants, Jags, and Jets, you know, doesn't lend itself to really good competition. You know, paper tiger there for the Broncos at the beginning of last season. We all know it. But uh, the, the spacing also changed dramatically too. The Broncos faced more uh, stacked boxes than any team in football last season. And a lot of that got worse when KJ Hamler went off the field because the team, Broncos just lacked, you know, speed pretty much at all uh, at the wide receiver position. Now, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Tim, uh, Jerry, Judy, they can do things vertically, no doubt, but it's, it's different when you have a guy who is speed and speed plays for every team, no matter what. That's why I think Jamison Williams could easily end up being the first wide receiver off the board because talking Drake London, Garrett Wilson, their specific niches. Those guys fit. Jamison Williams fits, fits Jamison. Jamison Williams fits every team because speed plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming up saying, would you guys be up to doing a special guest show with Brandon Perna? Yeah. Brandon wants to come in. Come on. And then hell yeah. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's a lot of energy. I think him and I kind of lean over different uh, demographics where I'm a little bit more, I'm, I'm here to have fun, you know, be silly sometimes, but he's way more zany and creative uh, than I am. So shout out to Brandon Perna, man. He is, he does great work uh, covering the Broncos. 
Yeah, I think he and Chad actually started together a long, long time ago working. And uh, so good guy. Great seeing him in, in Broncos. Like I said, he adds something different yep. to, to Broncos media. So would love to have him on the show if he ever wants to come on. Yeah. We've got Michael Ranquillo coming in saying, uh, good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. And we yeah. got Tom coming in saying, good afternoon, guys. Sorry I missed it Sunday. Hey, we're just glad you're right here right now with us. And he also adds, only change Malone over Jones in the third. He must be talking about my mock draft um, where I took Marcus Jones at 96 instead of Doug Malone. Uh, debated it as well, um, but I wanted to go back to back on the cornerbacks there. And the thing about uh, Marcus Jones there, he could fall to 115, 116 because that shoulder of shoulders, I should say, are concerning. Um, and we don't know the specifics of that. Every team will be slightly different on the value of that. But uh, sounds like he's probably going to be picked closer to day three than he is the middle of day two. Um, so look for that. And uh, but that being said, Marcus Jones is the tiebreaker. There was the special teams ability. Uh, he's a dynamic return player. And I already got Cam Trailer Britt there at 75. So I got the length of the tackling. Let me get a little bit more speed and dynamism in the return game by going Marcus Jones there at 96. Tom also come in and saying, uh, if KJ Hamler is healthy and shows out, I say we trade Patrick next season to either gain draft capital for next year and can't pay Judy or the other two wide receivers. Uh, it's definitely possible. You can see the Broncos trading a wide receiver. Uh, right now, I would think that Jerry Judy is probably the most likely to be traded out of the group, given how his contract is set up. He is the most tradable asset and you could probably get more return on him given his age and everything. And that's a way to get some more capital, but let's see what Jerry Judy and this whole offense looks like first. I mean, you're talking about dealing from a surplus, but you guys remember just how quickly the no fly zone faded away. Uh, just like that, you know, uh, all of a sudden we were playing Pac-Man Jones and Lord only knows who at the cornerback position. <laughs> so it, uh, I wouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves as far as trading from our surplus, especially at a position that is getting paid crazy money right now and going to be drafted high as well. I'm really eager to see how the wide receivers fly off the board uh, in this draft. And if it's a reaction to the, Christian Kirk kind of contracts and then Tyree kill Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Devonte Adams. I mean, wide receiver markets interesting right now. I don't know if I'm willing to just give up guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping there's a, a correction coming forward in the next yeah. couple of years. I mean, not only because we got to pay Jerry Judy halfway soon, if he has a good career. Um, but I, I think it's just getting out of hand, yep. especially when you think of just how many guys are flooding the market from the college game. Those guys are coming in ready to play day one, and you're finding guys second, third, fourth, fifth round that are are big time contributors in the NFL. And so it's not a position I'm really wanting to pay big money for. If, if Jerry Judy wants top end money, I, I would probably say good luck yep. or go for one of these trades that everybody's handing out of giving first and second round picks for for a wide receiver. That that'd kind of be my direction. We got Benjamin Flores saying, uh, yo, good evening, gentlemen. Go Broncos. Benjamin, oh. thanks for joining us. And you're right. Go Broncos. Go Benjamin as well. Chase Walner yeah. with the new Facebook picture here, unless he's coming in on Facebook and normally comes in on YouTube. But either way, um, Chase says some were worried about Hackett being too nice, but seeing him command the ship yesterday, put that to rest. Also, Mark comes in and says, if you watch the practice videos coming out, how Hackett balances having fun with turning up uh, the intensity pretty well. Uh, the thing with me about Hackett is we're still very much in the honeymoon phase, and this is just me being boring. No hot take zone here. Why don't we, you know, just sit on it? I can enjoy what we're doing, what he's doing right now, but he's not had to deal with any adversity yet, and it's coming because that's the NFL. And I want to see what it looks like, you know, a year from now. Let's gather some data first and see how it plays out before we are 
overreacting one way or another. And I know Nick talking out both sides of your mouth because you talk on a live stream that there's a show every single day. So like, you're going to be reacting about this stuff, but bottom line, uh, probably want to wait and see how it plays out. So we have more data to reflect on, to understand the direction of the team and how, how it's going, because you know, the, the fun energy stuff, you know, quoting step brothers, that's great if you're winning, but if things start to get off the rails, that can get stale. Uh, so yeah. want to watch for that. I always think of Vance Joseph. He was kind of that way. He was a rah, rah guy. And when things started falling apart, those sound bites weren't quite as fun as they were in the, the preseason before he got going. We've got Andrew Baker coming in saying, sup, Nick, Carl, Scott, and my fam. A lot of teams probably waiting after the draft to finish the rest of free agency. So who would we look for in free agency if our draft wasn't the best? Hashtag MHH for life with some muscles. Uh, Thank you I think, so much. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. I would say pass rusher, edge guy, even interior defensive line could be a position that you look at. Hmm. I think you you had said on the, the round table, there's like six interior defensive linemen that you would say, hey, I like them. I, I would be willing to draft them. After that, not many guys that you're really ex- all that excited about to draft. In the top and, 100. Yeah, okay, in the top yeah. 100. And and after that, it's a lot of really developmental guys that you kind of hope in a couple years could be something. Yeah. Um, but I could see them adding to the interior defensive line just because it's not very deep right now. And you're kind of hoping that a couple guys could turn into something, but you don't know if they will yet. Like uh, Ajim, you know, he's mm-hmm. had a few splash plays. Can he be a more consistent contributor for the Broncos? We don't know yet. Yeah. And the ones that stick out for me, I mean, you can listen to the positions they're mentioning, but edge rusher, Backup running back is a spot that they could target as well. And that's a good pivot to another talking point. But first, let's get to Gary Leeds Palmer saying, hey, Nick, Carl and Scott, love the great analysis and commentary. Well, uh, I don't know where you're finding the great analysis on this show, but no, I'm just kidding. Thank thank you so much, Gary. That's really nice of you and the commentary as well. We appreciate the community back and forth in the banter. I mean, this show would not be nearly what it is, if anything, without you guys. So uh, shout out to you, Gary, and everybody in here uh, supporting Mile High Huddle and building the Broncos. We appreciate you. Um, pivot real quick on this conversation, talking about the backup running back and signing guys after free agency. I, Javante Williams met with the media today, talked for a little bit, and I found it pretty interesting where he pretty much, you know, Javante Williams being, I would say somewhat of an introvert, uh, kind of a quieter guy saying, you know, if I'll do whatever they ask me to do, if they want to be the bell cow, not direct quote, if they want me to be the guy, then I can, but he's been talking to Melvin Gordon and they've been kind of monitoring, uh, each other so far this off season. What do you think about that, Carl? Any thoughts on that? Well, I still think it's a great idea. Like I said, Javante Williams, he's never been the bell cow back. So maybe all of a sudden, ask, okay, maybe high school, but here in, in college and now in the NFL, he's never been that. And I think he's at his best when he's getting 50% of the carries, maybe 55% of the carries compared to 70% of the carries. You know, it keeps him fresh and, and keeps his legs where he can actually go make those big plays that he can do the break break the tackles and turn it into something more than it was. And Melvin Gordon, I know most people just really hate on that guy because one Philip Lindsay and now Javante Williams, they want to see him more. Um, But Melvin Gordon, he was still a pretty darn good running back for the Broncos. He still brings a lot to the table. He's a veteran. He's great as a pass blocker. He's great in the passing game. He's good in goal line situations. You know, there's so much that he adds to the team. And I, I think for the Broncos, I would really not mind having him back, even if he's the number two, uh, depending on the price, obviously. Yeah. But uh, all right, we've got Spencer Honey coming in here with a $10 super chat. Really appreciate that, Spencer. 
saying, give me an edge or cornerback at 64. Sorry, Nick. I always get a chuckle when you mention how my Badgers always beat up on Iowa. We can agree that Minnesota and Nebraska are the worst. Go Broncos. Uh, yes, Minnesota. No, I, I can't say Nebraska because my wife's from there. So, uh, I, but, you know, I, I can agree with Minnesota there. Ah, man. Minneapolis is a cool place. I really do not like the uh, guy, their head coach's name is escaping me. He's just got ma- major used car salesman energy that I just can't get behind. Duh. Ugh. Gross. Row the boat. Yeah, don't row any boats. Uh, but uh, Nebraska, yeah. Ugh. But, Shout out to you, Spencer. Thank you so much. I 100% agree with you. Edge or cornerback uh, pick 64. Obviously, the board has to fall a certain way for that to happen. Uh, but uh, definitely a possibility. I would throw in maybe some kind of hybrid players at those positions as well. Um, and what I mean by that is Jalen Petrie. Is he a cornerback? Is he a safety? Is he a will? I don't, I don't know, but I'd love him on my football team. And mm-hmm. he can play the slot and he's modern day player. So uh, he fits in there. And then you have somebody like Logan Hall. Is he an edge? Is he a five technique? Is he a three technique? All of them. Um, give me him. I'd be excited about him coming here at pick 64. So some hybrid yeah. players there. There's also some talk about the uh, offensive tackle. Did you catch uh, James Palmer's uh, interview the other day on NFL Network? You did talk about the Broncos. I, I did catch it. And, and you're right. He he talked about that, that the Broncos are maybe even looking to trade up for one. Mm-hmm. That if, if somebody fell, that, that could be a possibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Because right now they have a bunch of journeymen that are one-year contracts and so it'd be great if you can get a guy that you can develop for a year and then boom you've got your right tackle position figured out and then maybe even have them move over to left tackle if Garrett Bowles contract kind of gets out of hand here depending on how he plays this year uh so that's another position I was going to say that's the other one I would add to the list edge cornerback offensive tackle you know if there's some great player to another position that falls go for it but for the most part that's where I'm looking for sure yeah and the Say hello to Albert Knoppers first up, y'all. Let's ride and go Broncos. Sunny days also in the house. Thumbs up. Um, Carl, just real quick, I want to ask you, because we're going to do a mock draft here at some point. We got Tina Fairchild coming in first saying, I would love to see Melvin Gordon play with Russell Wilson finally and can't wait for the draft. Yeah, those uh, were they college teammates at there at uh, or did they just miss each other at Wisconsin? Either way, more Badger talk. Oh, man, I think Rough. they were. You think they were okay? I wasn't sure if it was Ball or James White or Melvin Gordon. Not t- too many good Wisconsin running backs to remember. It ticks me off. Um, Badger envy for sure out here in the Big Ten West. But um, yeah, that would be great to see Melvin Gordon. That's the thing too. I wrote. I don't know how much you, if you caught my two thousand, three thousand word article that I wrote about running back being a potential need for the Broncos. But right now, I'm scared to death. Uh, about the possibility of losing Javante Williams to any extended period of time, because I don't trust Mel- Mike Boone one iota to be a 20 touch a game kind of guy. And the way this Broncos offense, I believe is going to function. There's going to have to be a lot of usage of the running backs because historically speaking, Russell Wilson does not use the short middle of the field. And that's one reason I'm not so big on the tight end position as well. I digress, but in order to create explosive pass plays, you need your running game to be a threat. And that puts a lot of pressure on Javante Williams to not only stay healthy and stay effective, I guess, I guess to stay healthy and stay effective, which we don't know because he hasn't been a bell cow back. So concern for that for me, I'd love to see Melvin Gordon back for a one year, $2.5 million deal just to raise the floor of the room. So that way, if you do have a few dings or bruises along the way, you can win some games and people will be like, Oh, why would you bring in somebody to be a backup? Uh, let's say, if Javante Williams misses two games and you have to lean on Mike Boone, whatever, who cares? Two games might be the difference in the AFC West, like yep. really, or in the AFC in general. So those are those are the margins right now that with a team being as solid as far as the starters go, 
in my opinion, those are the margins you want to be trying to make smaller uh, right. as you proceed to the regular season. Right. And and like I said, good chance, even with a, a starter like Javante Williams, no. he's getting like 55 to 60% of the carries. You still got to figure out those other 40% to be no. effective. And that's why Melvin Gordon would be a great running back to have, like I said, not only for injury, but also because you just want to keep your running game strong, no matter who's on the field, where teams still have to respect every single player. And right now I, I wouldn't respect Mike Boone being on the field a whole lot. I, I think he's a decent player. I, I think there's a lot of promise there, but like I said, we just don't really know much about him. We don't know if he can be that kind of player for you. So uh, that's why I keep saying that backup running back is a, bigger priority than people are making it out to be. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you right now. And it just has as much to do with Mike Boone being a massive unknown as well. Not that I dislike Mike Boone, but his body type does no, almost no running backs in the NFL. The last two years that have rushed for a thousand yards and been volume carry uh, volume carry backs have weighed less than 215 pounds. I think there's only been maybe two out of 20 uh, that have fit that mold or two out of 17. It's not a good number. Um, and I don't think Mike Boone can do that. So um uh, want to watch out for that. And you mentioned something earlier about the players at 64 that you're interested in. Are there any non positions of value at 64 that if they fell there that are good enough that you'd be like, yes, sign me up for that guy. Cam Jurgens at center position. Okay. Would be one that I'd, I'd probably be interested in. Uh, you took him I at mean, 75 uh, this morning on the mock draft. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I, I really like him a lot. Um, I do like Perry and Winfrey, the one that we did take at 75 in our, Yep. Um, in our Sunday draft, you mentioned earlier, Jalen Petrie, he kind of falls into that position, but kind of not, he'd be one that I'd definitely be interested in. Um, Travis Jones, obviously I, I don't think he'll be there by That's any means. Guy. Yeah. Logan Hall, depending on what you consider him to, to be, I guess the rest of them kind of fall into, to those positions of, of value. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I guess the other one here is not trading up for them, but if uh, talking about the running back position, if the board is pretty dry, but Kenneth Walker or okay. Reese Hall are there at 64, are you considering that? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, they just won't like you said, it's so. they're great players. I mean, they would make the Broncos have one of the most feared running games in all of football and their, their ability with their speed, their, their ability just to break tackles, their ability to be effective in the pass game, all of that adds to to the whole picture that they bring to the table. And, and so um, if they're there, it, it would be hard to pass on them just because I think, again, it makes the offense that much more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. We got Cody W coming in here at $2. Thank you so much, Cody. We appreciate you supporting us on here. Uh, he says if George Payton, Pat, moves up in the 40s or 50s, it's definitely for an edge or a right tackle. Uh, do you think about which, which edge rushers or right tackles are you thinking about worth moving up for here? Tyler Smith at the right tackle position would be one that I'd be willing to move up for. He, he needs a year and stuff to do what you say what, where he's at. Just not everybody. Tulsa. Uh, Tyler Smith. Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. Tulsa. There you go. Um, Boya Mafe, Mafe, the guy that we talked about earlier, I don't think he'll be there at 64. So he'd be one that I'd be willing to move up for just Minnesota. because I think he can be a very big day one contributor for the Broncos. Um, so th those would be two names that kind of stick out to me right now. Uh, I have a few more here that in this range, I would be calling to move up. Um, <laughs> not an edge or a right tackle, but I swear to God, if Daxton Hill falls out of the first round, I am moving heaven and earth to go get him. Uh, I think he's 
he might be the third best defensive back in this entire class. He might be the third best cornerback in this class, and he can play free safety in slot as well. Uh, I love Daxton Hill. Uh, after that, you're talking about trading up. I Would you trade up for Arnold Ebiketti? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's definitely one as well. I think he might sneak in the back end of round one. I love his body type. You know, six two and a half, but 34 and a half inch arm length. I mean, it kind of gives me some... Elvis Doomerville vibes where, you know, he can scratch his toes without bending over with that length. And he's, I haven't seen many edge rushers make plays where he was lined up on the opposite side of the, where the play ends. He chases those guys down really just the hardcore hot motor on that guy. Um, what about uh, Drake Jackson? Would you trade up for Drake Jackson? Edge rusher USC. Probably not. Okay. Uh, he's a little on the, the skinny side for me he's going to take a little time to develop his body. He's got the body type to add to it okay. for sure. Um, but just, he doesn't have the greatest tape. At least a lot of those other guys that we've mentioned have both the, the upside and a lot of good tape out there to, to make you excited about them. Yep. Uh, a few more here, Josh Pascal. <sighs> Not into the forties. I'd probably move into the fifties for him because I, I do like him. I think he's high energy player. Very technical. I think he's, uh, he's, I think he'd be a day one contributor for the Broncos. Um, not quite as athletic as some of those other guys, I would say, yeah. but still a very, very talented player that I, I think, like I said, he adds to your group. He really le- raises the, the floor of the edge group for the Broncos. And last one, uh, Bernard Raymond. You mentioned Tyler Smith moving up for him. What about Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan? I mean, we're, we're talking about some T Rex arms, right? Uh, no, almost at the 33 inch arm length. He was 32 and seven dates, but, uh, he's, he's right there. I I do like him. He's got some movement skills for sure. He's a little older. Isn't he 25 going to be 25 or just turned 25. Okay. Um, and so obviously we saw that with Garrett Bowles. I mean, he's going into his second contract and he's already right there at that 30 year age. Um, and so you kind of wonder just how much more he can grow as a player when he's already 25 years old, but, but I do like what he's shown on tape already. Like I said, he's got good movement skills. Um, but, uh, all right, we got Driscoll Jones coming in with a $5 super saying what you guys think about running back Samir white from Georgia in the later rounds. I, uh, did he suffer a significant injury, uh, prior to Georgia? I think he was a pretty high. He's had two ACL injury. tears. Yeah. <laughs> This is one where it's like, oh, I may be seventh round, but I don't have the medical information on him. So he could just as easily be off the board if, you know, the medical staff thinks he's his leg is going to fall off here uh, pretty soon. So definitely one of those guys. There's a number of running backs where it's like probably UDFA slash taking a flyer in the seventh round. You do have two seventh round picks, but uh, he's he's interesting. But those two ACL injuries do concern me a bit. Yeah, he's I mean, he's strong. Um, He's got a little bit of speed to him for sure. I think he ran like a four, four 40. Uh, he, he's a height, weight, speed guy that, that you really like out there. Um, but like I said, those injuries, um, I'm not sure about just his ability just to kind of, when he gets into the open field, what can he do? You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of a, a straight line runner. I'm going to run. I'm going to hit somebody hard. Um, can he make plays in the open field? That, that's my, my big concern with him other than the injuries. Yeah, and I see that uh, Dane Brugler has him in the fifth round, maybe around there. Ran a four four forty, which I mean, again, he was a really highly rated recruit. Those injuries, though, man, with the running back position, you never know. I did say this morning. I don't know if you if I heard this one before or not, but the running backs, you're not you're not paying running backs. You know, you're not buying running backs. I mean, you're leasing them. So when mm-hmm. you draft one, no matter what, it's think about them as that you're leasing them for the next 
four years. After that, you know, God bless him. Moving on. Same thing. I love Javante Williams. I think he's going to be a great running back for the Broncos for the next three seasons. Guys, if you are any what sent any bit sentimental about your running backs, uh, especially three years from now, do not tune in when I am talking because I am going to be vehemently against paying <laughs> Javante Williams uh, uh-huh. because the economics of the position. Sorry, I've I got no heart. Uh, Lawrence yeah. Rivera coming in saying a lot of teams have good quarterbacks are going line early. So if we can find someone at all, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, George Payton said it himself. He thinks there's a lot of good tackles that are going to go first round and early round two. That, to me, screams if they do trade up, they're looking at a specific tier or a cutoff for the offensive tackle position. And uh, this is the other thing, too. People want to take tight ends or linebackers or other positions with premium picks. But you can find those positions every single year later in the draft. You are not finding six foot five, 34 inch arm length with all the athletic testing that you want for an offensive tackle. The fifth round, you're not finding the edge rushers with the body types and the athleticism in the fifth round. You can find tight ends, linebackers, blah, 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 safeties all the time. Those that late, you're not finding those other guys. So probably should be using your picks when you can to go get those guys because you don't have a first and second round pick next year, as well as not picking until 64 this year. Right. Uh, Andrew Baker coming in. With the analyzing all the new move moving parts, are we more concerned with offense or the defense? Uh, what do you think here? I'm more concerned with the defense. Okay. Just you got a little bit of age with now bringing back Jackson in the secondary mm-hmm. there. Linebacker, a couple of guys coming off of injury. Defensive line, you just lost Shelby Harris. And you're changing to this whole new new defensive scheme. It's not really new, but it, it's still there. There's going to be some new things to it. Uh, your, your two edge rushers, like I said, both guys coming off of injury. So what are they going to be like? I, I just feel like there's a lot more question marks on the defense than the offense at this point. I still yeah. like the players and I still think they're going to be a great defense, but I, I don't think it would take too much to derail that unit. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm probably a little bit more concerned about the defense just because you're losing Fangio as well. And he probably, you know, help the defense go from <laughs> mediocre ish last year, uh, or I guess from below average personnel wise to mediocre output. And this year you're, you have a brand new defensive coordinator. Most of the good defensive coordinators in the league are not these young first time guys. They're ones who have seen a few things. So definitely concerned about that. Also the Broncos had horrific pass rush last year. Now your two top two edge rushers are guys who have a history of not being available. So I'm pretty concerned about that. Uh, Falling Sloth coming in saying, just got off a shift playing with animals at the Cincinnati Zoo. Sounds like a bomb time. Man, <laughs> uh-huh. why not? where's the invite? Um, and now I'm in time for the evening show. Looking like a great night. And now it is. Uh, tell me what animals you played with Falling Sloth. That's what I'm about. Um, nothing <laughs> makes me happier than sitting down on a whatever night and watching something David Attenborough na- narrate on the uh, whatever streaming service it is, man. All the nature documentaries, give them all. Chase Wellner saying, who was a sleeper last year? You're taking victory laps over. Who might that be this year? Um, it's too early a to say too much about sleepers, I guess. But, um, do, do you have one in mind, Carl? I think Browning is one that like mm, we were for a lot of him. picks in a row, we were pounding the table on the live show going Broncos, take this guy, please take this guy. And then when they took him, I mean, just all of us arms going up and then to see him actually go out there and perform as well as he did considering, you know, in college, they kind of moved him all over the place. He didn't have a specialized position. And I thought he looked like he was much further along than I ever thought he would be for a rookie season. And so I'm excited to see what is he year two. Uh, I mean, I'm a little scared that the Broncos are moving around as much as they are. Kid hurt his development, but at the same time, 
like I said, I'm very excited about what he's shown so far. God, it's so hard to say. I guess maybe Tommy Tremble for me at uh, went to the Panthers was pretty good there for them. Really good blocker um, out of Notre Dame. I really liked him last year as well. But again, you're talking about sleepers. Just inherently sleepers mean they're going to go later. And typically later picks don't tend to see the field, you know, multiple years uh, down the line. So that's uh, that's just the nature of getting late. You have to earn your shots and typically they're more developmental guys. So, yeah, I'm going over the. Uh, the boards here, seeing anybody that sticks out to me and typically the positions that do go super or the, the positions that do make instant impacts later on are the running backs. Um, so somebody like uh, Ramondre Stevenson uh, for the uh, for the Patriots last year, he's one that liked decently out here. thought he was pretty good. Oh, I, I know who Scott would say, and I would agree with him too. He liked him more than me, but Spencer Brown was pretty good last year also mm-hmm. um, for the bills. And he went right before the Broncos picked third round uh, before Quinn Miners. So Case Rossera. Um, Eric coming in saying, who's on the trading block? No way we stay with four picks next year. Uh, I think who's on the trading block will greatly depend on what kind of draft picks the Broncos accumulate from the 2022 draft capital they have in trade backs uh, and what kind of players they select as well. But some guys on the trading block, to me, that would make sense based on what the Broncos have been doing uh, right now. And a lot of times trading block is also guys who are on rookie contracts. That's, an, I think, an important caveat for people to understand here. It's not, why aren't you talking about this guy? Well, the contract he signed and the value he has doesn't match up. Uh, so somebody who sticks out to me is Lloyd Cushenberry. I think he mm-hmm. is very much on the chopping block. Maybe also Natani Moody, uh, some team more gap centric would be interested in him. Uh, but those are two that, and also maybe a McTelvin regime as well. Uh, different scheme coming in here. Some, I mean, they keep saying the same scheme, but a different regime. That's the word I'm looking for. Maybe one that's not, doesn't have an inherited interest to see him succeed as much as the regime that drafted him. So some guys like that. Yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. I, I would say, I mean, if we're including next off season to add to the four picks, like you said earlier, Jerry Judy seems like a, a very easy choice. Um, got a couple more years of control that a team could have. If he has a great year and the other wide receivers are all playing great and they have kind of that just cluster of guys all there easily could trade one of those. Um, But yeah, right now I think that offensive line is where the Broncos are pretty deep. And like I said, Mm -hmm. got a lot of guys on rookie contracts. So could see one on the move, but we got Cody W coming in saying is Chad Muma there in the fifties or at 64. I I mean, I think he could be there. He could be there at 64 or, or he could go like 48. You know, it's one of those things where the range makes sense there, but the further you get from number one, it's what are they called? Factorials. The the numbers with the exclamation point at the end of them, further you get from one, the more probabilities and chances and, you know, splitting uh, riffs there for the possible outcomes uh, of how the draft plays out. So who knows? Um, I think he's definitely could be there at 64. He could go in the mid fifties. That seems about his range. I wouldn't trade up for an off-ball linebacker in this class uh, just because you don't have enough picks. You're not dealing with the luxury anymore to do that where you had picks and cap space before. You don't now. So uh, I wouldn't do that, but definitely could see that happen. Cody also coming in, talking about trading up. If David Ajabo falls, what's the earliest you'd trade up to get him? I would trade up one pick before the Kansas City Chiefs to make sure they don't get him, but uh, <laughs> I'm not looking up to trade up a lot uh, to go get him because you don't know if you're going to see him at all. Uh, and I think because he wasn't hurt in actual f- football, activities the pro day is not considered like football activities uh his rookie season if he doesn't play at all you can consider that an nfi you can put him on the non-football injury list which means you get an extra year of control after his four-year contract is up where you can uh, use him as a restricted free agent which maybe that's cheating (laughs) it's not cheating it's the rules but maybe it's dirty um but i I believe that's how how it works but 
I would trade up probably, what is it, Chiefs pick 62? 61 then. <laughs> there you go. I got Phil coming in saying, great show, guys. Love getting educated on the latest Bronco news. Go Broncos. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. And uh, we always enjoy doing this show every single every single week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's probably about time that uh, Carl and I get into our first uh, mock draft simulator where it's just him and I. And uh, I'm going to give Carl a little bit more of the floor here because I've done a lot with Scott. And uh, I, you know me, I'm, I'm still going to push into you uh, because I have to. Um, but Scott, would you just pull up a, a PFF simulator when you have a chance? There we go. Um, and uh, oh, Scott, he's Scott likes to play with. The, he's been messing with these sliders now. Now we make he likes to put it on hard uh, for us. He put it right down the middle, though. So uh, this looks good. Uh, let's turn up randomness just a little bit more just because I, I'm telling you the, the draft is random. Yep, that's perfect. And let's do it. Let's go for it. That looks great to me. Um, and seven rounds. Yeah, yes, sir. You're you're great. Broncos pick 64. There we go. So we are about to kick off here. And uh, Carl, I'm going to be your assistant GM. I'm going to be your uh, Moogie uh, oh to your George Payton. So uh, I'm going to really let you uh, lean into it, but definitely be the one here. And we got some bots coming in here just in time for us to have some fun. So <laughs> Broncos picking here at pick 64. Here we go. And the draft board, unfortunately, didn't fall like I wanted. Ahmed Gardner. <laughs> Sauce Gardner going number one overall. Wow. A lot of fun. Aiden Hutchinson, two. Ike McQuanu, three. Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Trevon Walker, Evan Neal. There's Charles Cross for you against Scott. I know he doesn't want that one. Derek Stingley. So there we go. Let's uh, look at a few picks before the Broncos. Can you go up to pick 50, Scott? You're scrolling pretty fast. Um, there's Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, he's going higher and higher. That's b- bummer. Drake Jackson, Nick Benito, not for me. Um, keep scrolling down, Scott. Nick Cross there, Zach Tom, Jalen Tolbert. There goes Abraham Lucas, Luke Gadecki. Yeah, Abraham Lucas, definitely interesting there. Kenneth Walker, Christian Watson, Logan Hall. Tariq Woolen. All right. So the Broncos are now on the clock. Uh, pick 64. Let's scroll down a bit. Um, you have uh, Chad Muma, Trey McBride, Kings of the non positions of value there. Dylan Parham option. The Broncos have brought him in for a few workouts. Uh, this played out pretty unfortunate. I would say for the Broncos yeah. overall, there's not an obvious edge rusher. There's not an obvious cornerback and there's not an obvious offensive tackle. Uh, what are you thinking? Well, I'm not a big fan of it. And Nagbari there. Um, Troy Anderson, obviously we took him in our Sunday one. I like him, but man, I just don't want linebacker. (laughs) Unfortunately, Trey McBride. I don't think he's a great fit with the Broncos and what they're wanting to do on offense. Um, Chad Muma again, another guy that you like, but are you valuing that position at this point? Uh, Dylan Parham. I mean, I hate to take interior offensive line, but at the same time, he's a great player. So, I would uh, I would play the board here a tad and we have some draft picks available here. The trades. let's not do the trades. I know that this in real life, this would be I'd be pounding the phone right now saying, give mm-hmm. me anything uh, to move back. Uh, scroll down a little bit, if you would, Scott, because I want to point out something as the assistant general manager manager here. You talked about keeps one. You talked about Dylan Parham being here. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Keep going. You're doing great. Awesome. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, there's <laughs> Perry and Winfrey to talk about there. Um, did he go off the board? Keep, uh, okay, well, I thought Cam Jurgens would still be here. Um, so there he is. Oh, Carl. So why we're picking 64 and 75. I personally would roll the dice thinking that one of those guys is still going to be there at 75 and take somebody else here. Okay. Um, I do like Fedarian Mathis there. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about pick 64, but I do like the player. Yeah, D'Angelo Malone's another player I like, but maybe a little bit later. Perry on Winfrey. There we go. That, that's a name that kind of sticks out to me. Um, I know we kind of waited because we thought he'd be there at 75 in the last one, but 
I'm having a tough time finding anybody else that I like. I think the best values here, unfortunately, are the linebackers, uh, Chad Muma and Troy Anderson. So the question yeah. is, are you going to bank on the athletic guy with potential shoulder concerns in Troy Anderson? Or are you going to lean into the guy who has had a pretty good career? I don't think he's ever played actually a power five school at Wyoming in uh, Chad Muma, but a very good uh, coverage backer, very fluid in space, uh, very comfortable, calm, collected in that uh, respective area. So Carl, the pick is yours. I'm going to leave, leave it to you. If you want to just okay. take Perry and Winfrey just to lean that way, thinking he won't be here, then I support it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll lean into the linebackers here. Um, I probably like Troy Anderson more. Okay. But talk to me. Why, why Troy Anderson over Chad Muma? I, I just, I love the movement skills that he brings to the table. And, and even though he's raw to the position, he's already showing a little bit better. I'd say first step ability. Mm-hmm. where he's actually kind of moving in the right direction. He's really, really smart. Muma, there, there's times where he just, he guesses wrong. And at the linebacker position, I feel like that's something that matters more than athleticism. I mean, we're seeing it with Josie Jewell. He's not the most athletic guy, but I still think he's the best linebacker on the team. And mm-hmm. because, like I said, he always knows what's happening. He gets guys in the right position. And I just think Troy brings a little bit more in that direction for the Broncos. Yeah, Big E was saying, take the offensive tackle. Which one? They're all yeah. gone that are value. You had Kellen Deesh there, but he couldn't answer his cell phone if it was ringing in his pocket. He'd have to have somebody come over and bend him over to grab it. <laughs> the weirdest body type I've ever seen in my life. Um, not for me. Um, sorry. So I think you made the right call here. So now we're back on the clock. I think I saw Perry and Winfrey yeah, is here. Yes, he there. is. Cole Strange was still here. Dylan Parham was still here. And I think Cam Jurgens was still here as well. I like all three of those center options. I might be willing to roll the dice to see if any of them make it there to 96. And you touched on it earlier. I agree with you. I think there's a drastic fall off as far as draftable talents at the defensive tackle position that can make a year one impact. Perry on Winfrey at 6'4", 35 and a half inch arm length or something like that. Senior Bowl MVP. This is the guy. I'd have been happy with him at 64. I'm happy with him here at 75 if that's your pick. Yep. And I mean, I feel bad because this is setting up just like we did on Sunday, but it's hard to argue the talent of the players. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going Perry on Winfrey. Easy choice for me at that point. Yeah, and uh, coming back early, I kind of quizzed Scott on this earlier. Um, So out of the athletic testing linebackers that we've seen over the last decade, there has only been one linebacker that tested as well as uh, Troy Anderson as far as the total package of the height, weight, speed, jumps, agilities, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this player's career ended tragically, but he was a really good linebacker um, in his time. Can you guess this player? Say it again. A dynamic player had a tragic uh, neck injury on the field in a tackle that cut his career short. Um, there was debate if he could even uh, walk after that, oh, let alone play played for Pittsburgh. Ryan Shazier. Yep. Yes. That's your yes. guy. Okay. So that's, um, that's what you're going for here. And the screen kind of got weird. Uh, here we go. Okay. There yeah. we go. Good, good. All right. We're on the board again there. Oh, Carl, you got an edge rusher here that we haven't taken yet. Doug Malone makes a lot of sense, but so does Cam Jurgens. And I do want to shout out to, uh, if you scroll down a little bit here, Scott, another name I wanted to point out that I think is a great fit for the Broncos on defense. Uh, scroll up. Sorry, you went too far. The Damari Mathis. Yeah. I think Damari Mathis cover four scheme there at Pitt. Uh, they put him on an island. You have to tackle. You have to be twitchy. I adore uh, Damari Mathis. And so we got Cody W guy. saying, uh, with a $2 super, we need someone that can cover Kelsey and Waller. Uh, hopefully Waller's traded out of the division soon. <laughs> but but finding those kind of guys, it's pretty rare. I mean, those guys are Hall of Fame level talents. 
in the NFL at the tight end position. And there's just not many, there's maybe two or three linebackers that can cover at that kind of level. Uh, but right here, yeah, I'm going Cam Jurgens. Get that center position, get your guy locked up that I think is a perfect fit in this system. His athleticism, his ability to get to the edge. And we still have Damari Mathis there. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's an easy pick. Run Are the you... podium. Yeah. Run the podium. <laughs> God, what a pick. Oh. Um, and now we're on the board here. I Yes. Scott's Braxton Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Scott. Yes. But no, you're right. Braxton Jones makes ton of sense. Guy that can develop for a year. And uh, I mean, Sanders at the edge position would be a consideration. But man, he tested so ter- terrible. It's yeah. hard to to get excited about that. So I, I'm definitely going to lean into Braxton Jones at the I, tackle position. Okay. I did. I was going to say that uh, Kate Otten was still there. Some people think he is a, could be, could a challenge for the number one tight end in this class uh, before his injury. So uh, yeah. definitely somebody to consider there. So now we're on the board again. Um, we have taken, uh, ooh, there's a, there's a tight end for you and a couple of running backs as well. Are you going to correct your mistake on the running back from last time? Carl? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Um, I didn't think everybody would follow me. Yeah, I would one. say that in this scenario, I'd rather take Tyler Algier or Brian Robinson over uh, Pierre Smith. And I think Brian Robinson actually is a guy that we haven't talked about enough on here at all. He ran actually pretty darn good at uh, the combine. I think I heard that two thirds of his yards this year were yards after contact. Um, so a really interesting player there as well. And also, I know the Broncos were interested in double dipping at the cornerback position, right? We didn't take one until the fourth round, if that right, until Damari Mathis. So why not double your odds and think of Joshua Williams there from Fayetteville state, really good length. Uh, I think he was tested as the fastest player at the senior bowl this year, according to GPS data um, and an interesting player is there as well. I know a lot of people projected him to the Broncos at pick uh, or some, some people have projected him to the Broncos at pick 115, 116. You're talking about 145 here. So definitely an interesting name to consider. Okay. I, I'll, oh, I'll lean sim, into oh, that. Scott says the sim doesn't, uh, take Williams so we can get him later. That'd be cheating, Scott, but uh, I'm here for the cheating <laughs> if you want to do that. No, I'll take Joshua Williams here. Like I said, add to that secondary, keep that group young, strong, <clears throat> athletic, all those kind of things. I, I think that'd be great for the Broncos. And, you know, it helps out the pass rush if they're struggling a little bit. We've already got some guys, Perry on Winfrey, that can get in there for the pass rush. So I'd be, oh. be excited about that. Brian Robinson. That's- yeah. I'll take the thing from you, Carl, if you don't take Brian Robinson here. He's the best <laughs> thing to get. Yeah, um, go for it. He's massive, uh, and I absolutely adore that from him. And he can actually shoulder the load if you did have issues uh, with him. What did he make? 6'1", 225, ran a four five forty at that size, which is pretty incredible. Um, still, I mean, he stayed back another year at uh, Alabama, so he's a little bit older. He just turned 23 because he wanted to showcase that, you know, while Najee Harris was good, so is Brian Robinson. Uh, but I really like his style of play. First team all SEC this last year. Um, built like a linebacker, runs like a linebacker, very physical as well. Also a really good pass protector, which I value to the nth degree. Um, yeah. So uh, now we're on the board here. Scott's leading the witness again. This is a guy that I took this morning. I love Darryl Rosenthal. I don't know how much of you caught a Darryl Rosenthal. Um, he's another guy we talked about taking a offensive tackle there around four. Um, or talk about cornerback. Why not double up on that position? He makes a lot of sense for me. I think he's going to go closer to the middle of round four than being here round seven. Okay. Uh, if you don't have to though, this year, I'm the assistant GM here, so we can scroll around. Yeah, I also think, I'd uh, say let's go for it. The other one I was thinking obviously is um, getting ourselves a punter since he's still here in the mm-hmm. seventh and Matt right. Ariza uh, from San Diego state, just keeping that position cheap, which is, you know, one of those pl- few players um, and maybe our 
yeah, he's still there. So now we still got our tack tackle that's there and Rosenthal go for that. Now we've doubled up some of the big positions, gives the Broncos lots of options. And uh, I, I'm actually, other than pick 64, where I felt like we were a Up little, yeah. I mean, I still like Troy Anderson, but the rest of the draft, I really love how it kind of fell for the Broncos here. Yeah, I think that uh, we kind of broke the simulator with Jurgens at 96, Mathis at 115, Joshua Williams at 145, and Brian Robinson at 206. But, uh, you know, the draft is unpredictable. Yeah. And you can only draft what's available. Some people say it's not realistic. I, I don't control the simulator. I can only pick which players pick from which players are available. But overall, pretty darn good mock. Let's see what some of the comment sections saying here. Guys, what are your favorite picks? Uh, Mike guest saying, don't pick a punter. <laughs> <laughs> Sell me on the punter, Carl. Why, why are we taking a punter? Well, it's it's not a big position, but at the same time, seventh round. I mean, we're getting a starter caliber player. He's got a big, big leg, uh, very accurate. Uh, one of the better punters to come out in a long time here. And it just gives the Broncos one more weapon. Pinning a team back at the, the five-yard line, even when they're on their side of the field. You know, when they can have a guy that can actually punt it down the field like that, it, it's huge. You're not hoping to use the punter a whole lot this year, but still having that kind of weapon. I think of the playoffs in 2015 with, with Colquitt. He was an underrated weapon in the playoffs. Yeah. He had some great, great punts. And uh, and so, like I said, it's seventh round. You're throwing darts at a board. You're finding a, a starter caliber player, and you're keeping the position cheap. That, that's the other big things. I, I love uh, uh, Sam. Why am I spacing on his last name? Um, Martin. Martin, yeah, Sam Martin. Um, but at the same time, he's a little bit more expensive. And he's kind of an average punter. And I'm really big on this year trying to really push up special teams. They were one of the worst units in all of football. You know, I, I know the offense stunk last year, but special teams was even worse than I would say the, the offense last year. And uh, so, like I said, we're raising the room for the entire team. Uh, my only critique of this, and again, you can only draft who's available, uh, so it is what it is, but uh, the lack of a single edge rusher yep. does give me a little pause. I thought about that, but th the problem is just the value is not there. Yep. Uh, the, a lot of the guys just disappeared real quick, um, and everybody in the NFL wants edge rushers. That's the problem is it drives up that value, especially when you can get them on rookie contracts and and have them go out there and be contributors. So I feel like, hey, we've added to the interior defensive line with pass rush. You can still go find a couple guys on the market right now that can add to your edge rush group. And, and so I still feel like you can make this a, a, an elite unit, um, even just by adding a guy in free agency. Yeah, you're absolutely correct there. And I just looked at uh, Troy Anderson uh, switched his position to an edge rusher and uh... – I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Fifth percentile weight, uh, 10th percentile wingspan, eighth percentile arm length. Not ideal. Still a good athlete, but I just, uh, I don't know, maybe some sub, some real sub package stuff, but uh, not ideal. Michael Ronquillo coming in here. As Carly said it wrong earlier, we got to get Michael's name right. Michael Ronquillo. Um, speaking Spanish. Um, I thought I heard you say Quillo. I thought. No, I said Ronquillo. Okay. Well, maybe no? I got. Okay. I thought I, no. I'm. It's all good. Uh, Michael's great. Thank you so much, Michael. He says, great show tonight. Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Let's ride and go Broncos. And uh, Mike S also saying great draft, except for the punter. That's okay. Um, that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
We also got uh, Quentin saying, take Tyler Algier at 206 from BYU. Uh, he was gone by the time we picked a 206. He was debated there at 145, but he was already gone. And why is the Joshua Williams grade F? I think the PFF simulator is broken uh, when it comes to Joshua Williams. Uh, today, when we did the draft, he didn't even have an ADP. Um, so it was just blank. <laughs> we took him then as well. So uh, that's why. Um, just considered a glitch in the matrix on this one. Uh, that's that's definitely a one that we took advantage of the simulator and they don't know what they're talking about as far as the value there. Let's just see. Um, Carl Stahl for a second. I'm just curious what Dane Brugler has uh, Josh Williams as. Okay. Well, I saw a couple comments again about the edge position should reach for a position, reach for that position. I- I'm not big on reaching for it. Yep. You know, it- it's a position of great value, but like I said, if you can get like a Perry on Winfrey, who is an inside pass rusher guy can actually get after the quarterback, did it well at Oklahoma, go for it. Um, you know, Sam Williams, he was one of those guys I, I would consider, but I don't know the off the field stuff. That's the big thing with him on the field. Guy's a great player off the field. There there's some major red flags going there. So that, that would be one thing that would make me a little bit nervous with him. Yep. Um, so again, I, I would love to have an edge player. I really would, but there just wasn't a player that I felt like was worth the value at that point. And all these other guys, I felt like we're actually pretty good players. I mean, Cam Jurgens there in the third, late third round. That's huge value for the Broncos. Yeah. And so, you know, even getting that a running back from Alabama, man, great player adds to the room, becomes a true number two for the Broncos. And so again, and the other thing, again, the, the edge group in free agency still has a few decent names out there. Mm-hmm. You can still go sign a guy for some decent money that can come in and be an immediate contributor for you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And as uh, far as Josh Williams, like I said, thank you for stalling for me for one second. Uh, Dane Brugler has him as his 93rd overall prospect, and we got him at pick, what was it, 145? Mm-hmm. 150 something? Uh, so, yeah, that's taking advantage of the simulator to get a good player that probably wouldn't be there. Uh, Zebulon coming in saying, is there any highly touted defensive tackles in this draft? I feel like I haven't heard one. There's some, Carl. There's, I would say there are three. Uh, obviously, you've heard of Jordan Davis. If you haven't, um, welcome uh, to the NFL Draft 2022. He's a monster of a man. He'll probably go in the top 20, 15 to 20. Um, you also have his running mate, uh, Perion, not Perion Winfrey, um, Devontae Wyatt uh, at Georgia, which is funny because I've listed two Georgia the defensive tackles haven't said the best one yet. He'll be in the draft next year. And uh, then here, here is a, uh, this is when, uh, gosh, keep doing Devonte Wyatt, violent hands, a little older. Um, I think he's going to be a very good three technique for four. I type in the NFL. Good player. He, I'm curious, Scott, because uh, right now it seems like uh Wyatt is definitely the, f- going to be the first defensive tackle drafted from the senior bowl. But Scott, I think is much higher on Perry on Winfrey uh, than Wyatt. So interesting to see how that plays out. The last guy who deserves hype in the interior defensive line is Travis Jones. I think yep. Wyatt Jones and Davis all going to go round one. And here's Travis Jones on cue. Actually, I take it back. Travis Jones is his favorite uh, from the senior bowl. It wasn't uh, Winfrey. It wasn't uh, Wyatt. It was Travis Jones, which I mean, God, can you blame him? People are like, where's Travis Jones going to play on the Broncos? I think you play him as a four eye uh, with DJ Jones inside and uh, use him as that uh, Akeem Hicks level, you know, monster who was like, he's got a nose tackle body, but he's an athlete enough to play that five technique spot. And I think you can do that with Travis Jones. So uh, okay. any you, last thoughts, Carl, before well, we start? I was, just, I was just going to say, you're right. Um, 
there are some decent names out there. You just not any of those top five guys like we've seen in some of the past drafts. Um, maybe Jordan Davis does, or I, I don't know, maybe, but last year's draft was terrible at defensive tackle. Yeah, Horrific. There wasn't even one taken in the first round and it was Christian Barmore who should have gone round one, but didn't, but uh, this year is better than last year, but it's not even close to that 2019 class, which had five interior guys go in the first round, six, something like that. Uh, so not that great. And uh, looking over the defensive tackles here, just some other names that uh, I think are worth shouting out for the Broncos, a team that uh, some guys that maybe you'd want to keep an eye out for later in the draft that I like for the Broncos. You mentioned Fedarian Mathis. Where's Fedarian Mathis playing uh, for the Broncos, Carl? If the Broncos do take him, let's say 75. I'm not sure exactly. Um, okay. He's good. He's got great length, man. 34 and 5 yeah. inch arm length. Good size, 310, 64. More of a plug than a penetrator, but that's, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. I mean, if you can collapse the pocket and keep it where they can't step up into it and you have those edge rushers coming off the edge, I mean, Randy, Randy Gregory, that's a big mm-hmm. thing is a lot of times he would get around the edge, but there was always a pocket for a quarterback to step up into there in, in Dallas. And uh, he should have had a lot more sacks if they had anybody getting some great inside penetration. Um, but uh, yeah, Probably on pass rush situations, I'd be putting him in there. Obviously, Purcell, you're not having there for the, the pass rush situations. But I, I think he could hold up as as that kind of two-gapper in that way of still being able to push the pocket for him. Yeah. Uh, some day three guys on the defensive line to keep an eye out for. John Ridgeway from Arkansas, more of a nose tackle type. Uh, I really like Matthew Butler as a penetration style player. Uh, he's right at 300 pounds, but I think he could be a good uh, Shelby Harris type replacement in this team. Uh, Tito Ogbonnier, uh, more of a nose tackle, had a pretty darn good uh, time at the senior bowl. Probably Scott's pulling up his video right now as I'm reading from my list. Uh, Wuzurike from Iowa State, probably a classic five technique, more of the two gapping five technique, but the 35 in an eighth arm length at six foot six, 320 pounds is intriguing. I also really like uh, Eric Johnson from Missouri State and uh, Thomas Booker from Stanford, another name to keep an eye on, but really not the best interior defensive line class you've ever seen. And there goes a Tito Ogbonnier running around the yard. He, uh, he's a good player. I think he's pretty underrated. So Carl, any final thoughts? This is our final show, uh, before we get on out and, uh, the NFL combine, what are your thoughts? Or the NFL draft. Um, where's, <laughs> where's your heart right now? Pick 64. What's happening. I, I think the Broncos do a little trade up. Okay. I, I just, I think one George Payton is going to have trouble waiting clear to pick 64. I think he's going to be in that room for two days straight. Just those fingers just going crazy and just going, I got to call somebody. I got to do something. And there's going to be a couple guys that are just sitting there at round pick 50 or so. He's going, Mm -hmm. I just can't, I can't pass this guy up. And I don't know if that's Tyler Smith, um, maybe Mafia, like we talked about earlier, maybe one of those guys just falls and they're just like, we, we know this guy is going to be not only a contributor this year, but a starter moving forward. We got to go get him. And, and I'd be okay with it. I, I still, I'm hoping they can get something for 2023 out of this draft, obviously. But if there's that guy that's fallen that you just know you got to go get, uh, I, I think George Payton's going to pull the trigger. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if the edges start to run off the board or there's an offensive tackle, you could see that happen. And I think 75 is where you see the Broncos trade down. I think that's the pick that's primed for kickback, um, but we'll see. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Last uh, building the Broncos until 
we know what the draft class is, and that'll be a heck of a lot of fun. But uh, make sure you guys aren't going anywhere. We got a lot of content coming at you with the NFL draft. Just because the Broncos aren't working day one uh, doesn't mean Mile High Huddle's not. We're going to be working day one, so make sure you're hanging out with us. Tune in. Follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummler MHH and myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure shouting out to Scott Kennedy working the ones and twos in the background. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well at Scout Kennedy. Uh, we're going to be live on Scott's channel tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. I'm sh- he'll drop it in the comments section here. Um, also, Dylan Van Ark's coming in saying, great conversation as always, everybody. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. A little bit goes a long way. Amen to that. And uh, you guys really came in with the likes. I think we were there at like four or five there for a long time, and now we're up at 40. So I really appreciate the uh, the Facebook folks coming in there with uh, the reactions. It really does mean a lot. It's humbling, honestly. Uh, make sure you guys are also following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. You haven't done so yet, go to Facebook, join our community there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as our page at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And uh, number one thing you can do to support us, like, subscribe, and share on YouTube where we can go uh, We go live every single day of the week, um, multiple times multiple times a day with the morning and the evening shows. A lot of content there, a lot of video clips. And check us out at Mile High Huddle as well. A lot of content. Like I said, I've written, I think, 11 articles in the last seven days or something like that. So uh, sorry, Chad, for editing so much, but we appreciate you anyway. And uh, Carl, we're going to get on out of here. What's the rest of the night looking like for you? I just go home, see if the kids are getting into bed, probably do some bedtime stories and and then check on the wife because she's been working the last two days. And when she works, it's like sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. Don't hardly get to see her. So need to check in to see how she's doing and like i said birthday tomorrow so i got to get stuff set up for that birthday um planning a little bit of surprise for her oh she doesn't she doesn't watch the show so i can say it on here i'm gonna send it to her <laughs> but uh but yeah that, that's kind of for me what about you buddy uh, i think i'm gonna go on a dog walk now that this storm has passed if it's not gonna rain again and uh guess what chad i'm gonna send another article your way i think trying to get in everything before the draft so i sent him another one today talking about the center position and herb davis coming in saying you guys rock um so you guys rock we appreciate you um but yeah content man the content is king um we're excited for the draft and living in the moment and appreciating it that while round one is going to be a little bit more boring for the broncos we got Russell Wilson. I'll take that trade every freaking day of the week. So God bless you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow morning on Scott's channel. Uh, he dropped it in the chat here. Make sure you're tuning in tomorrow night again for the huddle up guys, Chad and Zach. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, you guys choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to building the Broncos. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. 